This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Can't get enough of the fan in the morning? Shown up. Because this is nothing like that. Working. Alan and Jerry are here with stories they'd never get to cover on the morning show. Very sexy robot. Hey, look at that pig. Shenanigans. Naked yoga. My mother had a bad experience with these ghosts. Let's hump the fence. It's Alan Jerry's post-game podcast. All right, here we go. We do a podcast on a Tuesday down the Jersey Shore. We find out. What's up, man? Oh, good morning, Jerry. Um, something that came up during the program today uh, that you take a, a brain uh, supplement. A supplement. It's like a vitamin supplement called Nareva. Yeah. By the way, you said it helps you. I, I, I thought it was worth an order, so I just placed an, Am- an Amazon order for some um, pills. Nice. But actually, I chose the gummies. Okay. And then uh, I put a poll up on Twitter, Jerry, asking uh, for those of you who take vitamins, do you prefer the pill capsule form or do you prefer the gummies? Fair enough. Right now, it's running uh, about 52% capsule tablet and 47% uh, gummies. But it's interesting getting a lot of comments from people like, what am I, two years old? Do you take a gummy? <laughs> I just think a gummy is fun. Like I would look, It is I fun. Look, I like to look forward to taking a vitamin when it tastes like strawberries and it's gummy, but I feel like I don't fully trust the gummy. Right. Although I would think it would absorb just as much. Like you, It's going down into your stomach acid. Yes. And it's going to be eaten away by your stomach acid. My kids take the uh, that overall vitamin. You know the, uh, the the gummy as well, and I yeah. I am like you. I look forward to taking those. Yeah. Like sometimes when I go to Gina's house, she has that airborne stuff. Yes. Or emergency or whatever. Sometimes I take it. Just, They're not chewy that orange. I'm, yeah, just because I'm like, oh, this feels like you know, <laughs> uh, feels like candy, but I'm doing something healthy for my body. Yeah, I take those too. I like those. Yeah. So I'm looking forward. <laughs> I, I got the strawberry Nariva. Okay. That sounds good. I have a 50-day- Expensive su- Nariva, by the way. Yeah. I have a 50-day supply, I believe, and it says I should feel effects after 30 days. So that's uh, I figure that's worth a bottle. I fe- I'm i not joking. I And again, maybe it's mind over matter. I don't know. But I did after two weeks. But it's like that with all vitamins. People people either will swear by them or they say that they're nothing or you yeah, know what I mean? I'm not going to swear by it because I am. there's part of me that I, I don't know. Maybe it is nothing. I really don't know. And I listened to uh, a podcast on my trip to oh, where the hell I went, Chicago, maybe with Rutgers a few weeks ago. I listened to a podcast on health and wellness. And the part of the story was, you know, you get what you pay for. If you cheap out on vitamins, you're probably not getting much. And if you buy the good ones, you're probably getting exactly what you think you're getting. And the person swore by it. And you know, it was a doctor. I'm like, all right, I guess I give it a try. Can't hurt. That's the way I look at it. Exactly. Can't hurt. 
But yeah. I I just wonder why can't the FDA get get going and start? Uh, I don't know. You know, testing these vitamins because they always like, you walk yeah, into G and C right out. There's nothing yeah. in there that's FDA approved. No. Which and for no vitamins, they don't. Uh, it's nothing. not a, a GNC thing. It's all you go to any of the vitamin stores or in your supermarket. Yeah, which is why if you go back years and years, when Mark McGuire had that Andro in his locker, in his locker, right. And so I would always sit there and say, if I can walk in, if I'm 18 years old, I can walk into a store in this country and buy something. How the right. hell is it illegal in a pro sport? Exactly, Jerry. That's what I say. Right. If you could go into the store and purchase illegally, why are you banning it from the sport? Couldn't agree more. Hmm. All right, so I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm, I need brain sharpening because I think our uh, the the lack of sleep that we get, or yes. even even if you get sleep, the weird hours that we're working, your body's not supposed to be awake when it's very dark out. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt. We always talk about this when we go on vacation, how great we feel at the end of the vacation. Yes. And I know everybody can say that when they go on a trip, but for us, you literally sleep an additional two, three hours every day when you're on a trip. Right. It makes a big difference. Yeah, it does. So you've had trouble sleeping. Have you tried melatonin? Uh, I don't take that anymore. I, I When I did the overnights, I used melatonin for a while, and it was one of those things that worked for a few months and then did not. Then did nothing for Nothing. You. And I just, um, you know, I feel like it ran its course. And then, hmm. No, I haven't. But again, I don't know when I'm not going to sleep and when, I'm, when I am. Most nights I sleep very well. It's not really an issue. It's just yeah. this last couple has been been a struggle sunday nights are always a struggle you know going back years and years on this shift sunday nights have never been easy because not that i stay up till 2 a.m but on friday and saturday i do stay up till 11 11 30 because it's the weekend and you know even though i try and get myself up on sunday morning at 6 30 quarter to seven just to try and get sort of back into the routine i go to lay down at 8 8 15 on sunday and my body's like where are you going Right. So Sunday night has always been a struggle. Last night was a surprise because usually when I sleep or don't sleep the night prior, usually on Monday I sleep like a champ, and I I didn't. Sunday nights are good during football season because watching football puts me right to sleep. Yeah, I could see that. Slow action. I could totally see that. Commercials. Yeah, understood, man. Understood. I tried. What did I put on last night? I had the basketball on, and I did pass out. Then at midnight, I watched the. I was up. I was watching the net game. And I'm like, this game's a blowout. I'm like, I got to find something to put me to sleep. And you know, after like a half hour of just you know flicking around, I shut it off. And I did fall asleep again for another hour or so. All right. I have Not a couple great, other um, a couple other items here, Jerry. I uh, wanted to know what your thoughts on this. So I was looking at. Uh, I love looking at diet plans as you do as well. I believe. Yes. So this Weight Watcher situation. You know, they used to have, they used to, I guess they still do it by point system, right? right. Where they say you could eat anything you want, but everything has a point system. Yeah. And and you, based on what you're looking to, what you weigh, what you're looking to lose, maybe you have 30 points a day. You know, so a slice of pizza might be 20 points. So you could have a slice of pizza, but then you can't eat really much anything the rest else. of the day. <laughs> yeah. They have a new system now, Jerry, where they have a huge list of foods that they consider zero points. Really? Meaning that you can eat as much of it as you want That's and it doesn't be count. Romaine lettuce and peppers and no, things like it's, that? No, it's got weird things on like it. What? For example, sweet potatoes. Okay. Brown rice. Hmm. All right. Chicken breast. So you're, but hmm. I always thought it was calories 
as well. I think we're still learning every day about this crap. We are, right? Because yes. like, I, if I could eat, you're telling me if I eat f- five chicken breasts and five large sweet potatoes, you know, not putting anything on the sweet potato, right? Maybe a little spice, but nothing that has calories. Yeah. That I'm going to lose weight? I, I don't know. That's a lot of calories. Still. I guess the theory being no one's going to be able to eat all that. So have right. at it, and you're going to get bored of it. No one's going to do that. Maybe I don't know. It's a great question. I don't know. I read there was one. There was one documentary I watched on nutrition that was talking about you know the good food to the bad food and the myth of the calorie. Yes, and they basically said you know yeah you could eat it like Snickers is basically marketed as a candy but a good protein choice for a snack. Right. And the woman said, sure, you could do that. She goes, but you're going to be hungry in a half hour after you have the Snickers bar. She goes, instead, what if I told you you could have six baked potatoes? And I'll even give you a couple of spoonfuls of sour cream. Right. Which would you take? What do you think is going to fill you up more? You know, it's so I don't know. Calorie, well, I, I guess. I don't know. I, I saw those. Doesn't Weight Watchers also, they sell the food to you too, correct? Um, I think you can buy some Weight Watchers food, but they 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 don't. They give you an app and then you scan the, the items the food, in the yeah. supermarket to see what it is. Yep. See what it is and that yeah. sort of thing. So I used to do that with my my fitness pal, which I don't think yeah. works anymore. Yeah, I I I, I love the idea of uh, the scanning things in just to see, like just to go to like let's say you wanted to go and say, oh, I wanted a candy bar today. Yeah. Just scanning the different ones to see the difference between them. Yeah, sure. The different fat, sugar, everything. Yeah, or even like with chips and yep. pretzels and like they all have different values that you don't think there's a difference but there is yeah i also like doing it too when you do it especially if you do it religiously let's say for two weeks and you look at the end of the week what you consumed right. and you don't realize how badly you're eating uh, at least in my case you know I'll, I'll, yeah and I'll, it's and it's not even like the real the major meals it's like things in between yeah, it's the junk yeah yeah it's uh that's a friend of my wife's i remember we hadn't seen her in about eight months and we went over, we get the kids together, and she, I don't want to say she looked unrecognizable, that's not true, but she clearly lost, I would say, 25 pounds in six, seven months. And I remember my wife said, my God, you look fabulous, what diet are you on? And she goes, I'm not. She goes, I eat the same breakfast, same lunches, and the same dinner. She goes, I just cut the crap out in between, and I stopped finishing my kids' plates. Hmm. And she said she realized she was cutting out six, seven, eight hundred calories a day. Right. By doing that. So that makes sense. All right. How about that? How about that? Yes. Jerry, I was reading today that the Jaguar, the um, the car company, Jaguar. The, Jaguar. The, uh, Jag- Jaguar. That they're, they're going all electric in 2025. Okay. You will no longer be able to buy a Jaguar with the gasoline. gasoline in it. That's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Must be a good battery. I think I want to go like my next Maybe my next car purchase down the road, like years down the road, I feel like I should get an electric car. I will go back to the Prius. I can tell you that. You will? Yes. I love the car I have now. You know that. Um, I tried to get another Prius. I just didn't find what I wanted, and I couldn't afford with college coming. I really couldn't afford to buy a new one right now. Yeah. Um, And I just, for what I was looking to spend, I couldn't find anything I liked. But I love what I ended up with. But my next car will be, I believe, a a new Prius. I just think that would... that is probably the greatest car I've ever had. Because of the gas mileage and all that stuff. The gas mileage, the way it drove, it was comfortable. 
It actually performed well in bad weather. Not like it was, don't get me wrong, it wasn't a Jeep in snow. I'm not saying that. But it just handled well. It was a really good car. Now, it's not all electric, but you know what? You're, I was, when I first got it, you'll remember I was getting 52 miles per gallon. Yes. That's pretty good. Pretty, that's pretty good, Jerry. Pretty good. So that way, and I think they made the ones they make now are in the 70s. Yes, I have seen that. Which is insane. And they're really nice cars, too. Yeah, so. I saw that uh, Subaru has one now that's like a, it's a gas electric hybrid. Yeah, that's what the Toyota is. Yeah, um, where but this one, this Subaru model, you do have to, you should charge. Oh, okay. So we it it charges and it runs on gas. It's like a combination thing, and it gets like ninety miles to the gallon. Got it. The Toyota is just the the whatever type of battery. You don't have to charge it. And yeah, it's a regular hybrid battery. Yeah, exactly. but then you have like the Teslas and stuff. Those are completely electric. Yeah, the only thing that bothers me about the electric is, and I guess you could say the same thing if you're running a gas, but. At least I feel like I can control the gas, and I know there's a gas station on every corner. Right. I feel like if I don't charge it properly, then what do you do? Right. Like, what, like, right. What if you like your 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 car was not charged, and you got it home, and you're like, okay, let me charge this up then for work tomorrow morning, and you when you wake up and like you didn't plug it in all the way, right? Like, was, so now you have no way. Of now what? <laughs> like so last so yesterday, um, my tire light went on driving home yesterday and like the right, classic the classic winter tire light yes so i didn't think anything of it, it I, I don't even think i was might have been right when i got out of the holland tunnel so i drove all the way home it didn't feel unusual it was fine i got home i checked the tire pressure and it was at 28 i'm like all right that's winter tire that's not a big deal so drive around in the night during the day i figure i'll fill it up i'll be fine i fill it up last night i go to check it and I saw the nail on the tire. I'm like, oh. oh. And the tire pressure was down to 25. I'm like, crap. Mm. Now it's 7 o'clock. There's nowhere to go at 7 o'clock. I said, all right. I filled it up. I drove in. And I'm thinking, you know what? What happens if that tire blows out? I hate that feeling in the middle of the night. Right. So I got here no problem. I'll see what my car is like when I go out. But I do have an appointment to get it fixed today. But, man, well, what so a you got the nail in the tire. Yeah, and I saw it. Yep. Now, you could also drive around with a nail on the tire for weeks because sometimes it actually seals itself. It's yes. just also very delicate where it can pop out and then you got a hole in your tire. Right. So, ugh, not the, good. That tire warning light coming on is like the, the biggest thing that scares me. Drives me crazy. I was going to take a picture of mine today because headlight was – so I told you I changed the headlight a couple weeks ago. And then three days later, the other one goes out. I'm like, you son of a – So I've got the – Warning light on for the headlight, and it tells you immediately it's for the headlight. Then the warning light flashes because of the tire pressure now, and then I got the tire pressure light. I was going to take a picture and send it to you because I'm dry. I'm have, I have anxiety looking at it. Right, all those lights going on. Oh, it drives me crazy. All you need is a check engine light. Oh, don't, don't, don't do that, please. Let me finish this up today, Jerry, with this story from a man in Portland, Oregon, who is afraid to go out on dates because. He found out that his father donated sperm in the area 500 times oh boy. back in the day. Oh, and he no. doesn't want to accidentally go on a date with, with a, a relative? sister. Oh, yeah. God. They shouldn't let you donate sperm 500 times in one area. I, yeah, I, I hear you. Unless they're going to ship that sperm out around the world. Uh, name the town after him. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah, that's a yeah. rough one, man. You'd have to move. I think I'd have to move. 
Yeah, I really thought there was a thing, and maybe there wasn't back when this guy was doing it, but I thought there was a thing where you can only donate a certain amount of times. Maybe. I've never looked into it. Um, I have no Me idea. Me neither. I don't That's know. That's a weird thing. Like, to just go donate sperm and then walk out of there and not think twice about it? Yeah. Well, about the cash at that point, isn't it? Yeah. Because I, I really don't think people do that to help others. I think they do it for the money. Right. But I could and be then wrong. They, they say they're helping others as a way to ease their... Their guilt. The weirdness about it. Yeah. The guilt, yeah. I agree. But it does help other people, so that, that is it a does. good thing. Jerry, some people need and want sperm. <laughs> yes, Al. Good Lord. <laughs> so That's they can make their finish. babies. Okay. Bing, bang, boom, you're so, pregnant. Not yeah. so easy. Bing, bang, boom, you're pregnant. So if you're in Portland, Oregon, um, you may want to get the 23andMe DNA test and see if uh, you have 500 siblings <laughs> coming up. <laughs> On that note, I got to go. All right, Jerry, warm up next. Tomorrow is Wednesday. Are you out Thursday this week, Jerry? Thursday I'm out, yes. Okay, so we'll see you tomorrow. That's a Wednesday. You bet. All right. So? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Good morning, campers. Alan Jerry. Don't worry, it's only an hour long, and most days it doesn't suck. Well, we'll do our best. What the hell? Why not? A couple of minutes after 5 o'clock, Tuesday morning, I'm in New York City with the Eddie Scazzeri and the old man by the sea, alone with his dog, Whimsy, in Bradley Beach. His name is Al Johnson Dukes. What's up, Al? Good morning. Good morning, Jerry. I love the smell of wet dog in the morning. That is how. That is how I know things are happening when I come back inside and my house just smells like. What does dog first smell when it gets wet? That I don't know. I don't know. Eddie's the uh, dog expert. Ask him. It's one of life's great mysteries, Jerry. You wouldn't know. You have cats, and cats are afraid of water. Cats refuse to take a bath. My cats are not afraid of water. They go to the water. They go to the water. Do they go in the bathtub? Uh, No, but they drink the water out of the faucet. That was one thing we had learned, like from cartoons, that a cat will not go in a bathtub. Yeah, no, ours. I mean, they won't go. I haven't ever seen them jump into water, but will they go? If you leave the door open, they will go in the tub and start licking the water. Well, they will. Yeah, but they they won't run out in the backyard in the summer and jump in the pool, go for a swim. Well, we are pretty sure about our cats have never been outside, so I don't know. That must be crazy. They must look out there and be like, what a world are we missing? I don't think so because I'll tell you why. Uh, One of our cats was a rescue cat that was found in a sewer in Miami during a hurricane. I think he had plenty of um, horrible times outside. So I think he's he's good. Let me get indoors and see what that life is like. He gets gourmet uh, cat food. He gets food around the clock, right. sleeps on a bed. He's doing mm-hmm. all right. He's doing all right for himself. I wonder, like, you know, a lot of times I like I like to work into conversations. Well, I, I lived and worked in Tampa for seven years. I wonder if your cat's like, I was in a sewer in Miami. So <laughs> In cat language, they yeah. probably do. Yeah. Oh, really? Because I was in a sewer in Miami. So if you think <laughs> you've got it bad. That's right. Uh, Jerry, is it uh, snowing up by uh, New York City? Raining. Okay, same here. Just a uh, downpouring rain. 43 degrees down by the Jersey Shore, which uh, is good because it'll knock out some of those piles of snow. And hopefully in New York City as well, clear up some parking spaces. I hope so because it's a mess around here. Yeah, it is a mess around here. Jerry, uh, I I made a— You're about to get here? 
Um, not the way uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to drive in with the Holland Tunnel. Although by the time I get back, that five year plan with the Holland Tunnel maybe <laughs> it might be open again. It might be open the construction. <laughs> yes. Uh, local news, real quick, Jerry. Oh, local a, a, news. A couple things. Uh, no, I'm talking about local news. Their their order of panic goes as follow: one, weather related, right, right. So snow, rain, and two, coronavirus. Yes. Three, all other news. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. That's the way it goes. So, like, coronavirus will dominate the local news unless, of course, it's going to rain heavy or there's an ice storm or snowstorm. I can tell you this. I went to Target yesterday. Uh, I had to pick up uh, one thing for the computer. Mm. And why? What did you have to get from the computer? I had to computer? get a, a, Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi extender I wanted oh, okay. for the house. So I go to Target thinking I would get in, get out. It's a Monday. Who's at Target? Who would even be there, Jerry? Al, it looked like December 23rd and people were in a panic. And, you know, just talking to a couple of folks, because I did uh, see one person I knew, it was my wife is in a panic because of the snow this week. She told me to come out and get this and get that. I'm like, so we're going to get one storm maybe on Thursday. And now I'm even reading, even with all the snow Thursday, the temperatures are supposed to soar on Thursday evening and everything should melt relatively quickly. We're rushing to the store for a six-inch snowstorm. I thought the snow was today. No, today was supposed it was like, to be an ice storm. Which oh, today was the into, ice storm. Which I guess north and west they're getting. Like Bob got ice. Okay. We're, we're getting rain. All right. So then there's a new thing coming Thursday. Yes. Okay. I was a little confused, but uh, I'll, I'll tune into my local news, Jerry, and get all caught up. Target was crazy yesterday. Yeah, Target's always crazy. Target even has one long line for uh, the Target I go to has this really long line for self-checkout. Yes. But it's like so deep because... I guess there's multiple cash registers where you could check yourself out. Like six out. of them, usually. Yeah. I'm a self-checkout guy. I know that. I don't. I like to, I like people to be employed. No. You use the self-checkout. Guess what that means? It eliminates a job. Right. More robots. Yeah. So you, you keep eliminating jobs. I'll keep trying to save jobs. All right. Uh, fair enough, Jerry. That's a <laughs> great point by you. Uh, let's get into a little bit of uh, last night, Jerry, in the sports world, uh, local sports talk. It was uh, a big basketball night. Yeah, very Locally. much so. And you know what? We're going to have to live with Boomer and Geo all morning telling us that, that Julius Randle's the MVP of the league, which he's not, but he certainly is the MVP of the Knicks. Yeah, he scored uh, 44 points, Jerry, which uh, says here on my papers in front of me is the first time in 183 games that the Knicks had a 40-point scorer. Yeah, I mean, they've been terrible, so that makes sense. Now, I was trying to do some math here and see how long is 183 games in the NBA. I know that baseball has 162 games, and they play the most games. So this means that it's been over a year season since the Knicks had a 40-point score. 183 games equals how many seasons in the NBA, Jerry? How many games do they play, Al? Well, I'm going to say they play 82 games a season. Yes, not this year, but yeah, this year they're playing 72. Okay. But yes, 82 games a season, correct. And last year, they probably didn't play the full season, Correct. right? That's exactly right. I feel like the NBA had no off season. Would they have like a two-week break and be well, like, let's get back, depends. let's get going again? The Knicks hadn't played since since March. Oh, so if you were in the playoffs, you're screwed. But if so you're the Knicks... It seemed like the Lakers and the Heat, who played in the finals, they weren't off for more than six weeks, maybe? And then right back at it. So, so, it's, so it was over two years... Yeah, two seasons, Since yeah. the Knicks had a 40-point score? The Knicks have not been good. Let me ask you this, Jerry. You make it seem <clears> like it's easy to score 40 points. Well, that was my question. That was my next question. How often are NBA players scoring 40 points a night? 
Um, not often. Although like, last night you had a you had a handful. Right, a handful. So like LeBron, how often does he score forty? Few times a year. Few times a year. All right. So it's the Knicks not had like nobody it's every in, other game. Right, but it's not every every three seasons either. Oh no, but like the, the Knicks, Knicks have doing. also been horrible. Oh, like for instance, last night the Knicks made it fourteen and fifteen on the season. So fourteen wins through twenty nine games. Last year at this time through twenty nine games they were seven and twenty two. Oh, so they've doubled their win total already. They have doubled Things their win total. Things are happening. Yes. So when you start playing better and you start winning games and you start, and you got to remember too, especially this year, more even more so than last year, the teams just aren't defending at all anywhere. Now the Knicks are the best defensive team in the NBA, but they still give up over a hundred points per game. It's not like you know, it's not the nineteen nineties where they're giving up eighty four points. It's just it's a different game. So I would expect more forty point scorers this year. Yeah, I like uh, the NBA when they when teams score a hundred a night. Like you're over, like it's a like a one hundred five, one hundred three, one ten, one hundred eight. Sure. Reminds me of like Doctor J, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson era. It's all it's a more representative score too, if you think about it. From what I don't want to say what we're used to, but I, just even recent memory, it was never like it really was never like this. Not that I can remember. How about some? I'll give you some of these scores last night. Okay. All right, Jerry. There were, I think, seven games, I think, last night. Seven games on the docket. All right, so the Nets beat the Kings. I, regulation, this was not uh, This was not in overtime. 136 to 125. <laughs> now, the storyline with the Nets was they made, uh, they set a franchise record. They made 27 three-pointers. That accounts for, Al, 81 points. Oh, I was just going to grab my calculator. Uh, 81 points just on three-pointers. They shot 47 threes. That's not really amazing. The Clippers beat the Heat 125-118. The Warriors put up 129. The Jazz beat the Sixers. How about this score? 134 to 123. The numbers are nuts. So let me ask you this: What happened? So in in the 1980s, when I was uh, the Larry Bird era, right, Bird yeah. Johnson, uh, where teams were putting up this many points, then what happened that teams decided to play defense? Well, I guess a lot of it has to do with coaching philosophy. One, two, the rules. So I I don't remember if it was Carl Malone or it was Scottie Pippen. One of the old time guys said, and by old time, I mean guys from the 90s said recently in the last week or so, no, you know who it was? It was Kevin Garnett, who says would not have been able to play in today's NBA because of the rules. It's kind of like in the NFL, you know how you can't touch a wide receiver? Yes. So you can't hand-check a player is what Garnett was saying. Like that's one of the rules that is it's troublesome to him because it doesn't allow you much contact and it's hard to get near a guy because they're going to blow the whistle. Back in the day, you could almost clobber a guy. <laughs> Now, there'd be fouls called for sure, but it wasn't as stringent as it is now, which is partly why I think he believes guys just kind of let guys run around free, and they'll try and contest a shot, but they're not going to get physical because you're going to put them on the line. And you've got this uptick in threes because, and, I, and it's boring. I, I, I'm the first one to say it. I also, on the flip side, marvel at how amazing these guys are with the, you know, to be able to, drain threes from 35 feet out like it's nothing. Like, it's so hard to do, and yet they make it look so easy. So on one hand, I I don't like it. On the other hand, I think it's amazing what they do and the talent they have. But I think that's part of it. I think it's all about the rules and what's allowed, what's not allowed. So over the years now, in all of the sports, Jerry, we've taken out the physicality of it. So the basketball dudes can't do hand-to-hand combat under the net. 
uh, football, you can't uh, touch the quarterback or the wide receivers. Baseball, we've eliminated the collisions at home plate and the breaking up of the double plays. And they've got the the home run ball. They want scoring. What a bunch of wusses we've become, Jerry. Yeah. Now, and the other thing, too, with basketball is the, you know, the metrics and the analytics that you metrics. shoot threes because, you know, the threes pile up more than the twos, and so the mid-range jumper game is kind of gone. But, like, for instance, the Nets last night, and, you know, everybody's, wow, franchise record. Yeah, no doubt. The Nets put up 89 shots. 47 of them were threes. More than half their shots were from from three-point range. It's really amazing. That was my game when I would play in the schoolyard because I was afraid to drive to the net. Cause so you I'd would get, just hoist? I would just, yeah, but I, I couldn't hit those threes either. But at least there was no physicality of me getting clobbered <laughs> on my way to the net. You know what I mean? You would, I always, whenever I watch Rutgers practice, I love the one, I'm sure they do it at all these places, the one drill they do, you've got to run down the lane. Now, did you ever play tackle football? Yes. Okay. Do You, you did? Not uh, you know in the in the neighborhood. No, 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 no. I mean organized tackle. No football organized football. On. No. You ever see kicking shields? No. You ever do anything physical? Yeah. <laughs> Nerf football. Nerf. Anyway, a kicking shield is like you know it's what it's like a, a three by four type of big padded shield, and uh, there they yeah you have to drive down the lane with guys lined up. You know, kind of like, you know, when you go down, when you get married and they hold up the swords and you're going to walk oh, through yeah. them. Oh, well, yeah. I've here, seen this on, uh, uh, on, on sports coverage. Right. Well, here you got to dribble down the lane and they just clobber you with the kicking <laughs> shield. Yeah, and yeah, You've yeah. got to maintain the ball and score. That's contact. you got to get used to it. And we don't do that anymore. I don't. You know, I don't, they do it in practice, but you don't. You didn't want that type of contact is what I'm saying. Yeah. And what's and then and yet you'll do some Rutgers games where teams score 40 points total. Yeah. Well, college. Well, what's going on different. there? Well, what are they doing different? They're playing I defense. I, or they, they just stink at the three. Um, no, they. I mean, Iowa's got a kid shooting fifty-two percent from three-point range this year. Mm. So no, it's not. I mean, I don't know. It's a different game. I don't know what to tell you. I'm not sure. I, I mean, I watched them. I couldn't tell you the difference. I don't know. It is more physical, and I don't think the mid-range game is gone in college basketball, although some teams will shoot a million threes. So people don't like the three-pointer because it's boring. To me, too much dunking is boring. Mm-hmm. So it's that it's the, what did you call it, Jerry, the mid-range jumper? The, yeah, the mid-range the, the what's missing. jumpers. That's what R.J. Barrett's good at. You know, you miss, you miss the old days of Patrick Ewing, back to the basket, lob it down, and he goes one-on-one yeah. with the other center. And then everybody crashes the boards. With Rick Smits. That's it. Rick Smits. <laughs> <laughs> the old dude from the Pacers. That's yeah. Exactly oh, right. those are some battles, Jerry. The yeah. Knicks Pacers. About Ewing and Olajuwon in the finals. Yes. Rockets Knicks. That's what, that's what you're missing. Yes. I am missing that. Exactly. Let's get Patrick Ewing back in the NBA, Jerry. This well, will turn it all around. He's at Georgetown. Coaching or is he going back to school? <laughs> He's coaching. <laughs> and where's Chris Mullen? <laughs> yeah, where's he at? Let's get uh, him He's back unemployed out. right now. He left the St. John's, remember? Mm. I do kind of remember that now. Yeah, that was a short run. He had a yes. short run back. Did not work out as well as he had mm. hoped. So They say, Jerry, you can't go home again. Well, Sometimes Car- they say that. Carmelo, did they have the song for him? Oh, right. I'm coming, coming home. home. I'm coming home. I, now his kids playing at Christ the King. Yeah, I know we discussed that yesterday. Yeah, it's when you know you're getting old and your kids in high school, right? It's like my son, high school. Oh, mm. oh well, college right around the corner. Not good. That's right. Uh, quick break. Just getting started. We got a lot more to do. The we got some show. baseball stuff for you next. We next do segment, Jerry. Well, what about what about the Nets and Draymond Green? 
Uh, oh, yes. I Actually, that is still on. Oh, I, the Nets are off the record. You already mentioned their three-pointers. That's all I cared about. But, yes, Draymond Green. We got some baseball, and I've got a football segment coming up. There's a lot going on, Jerry. Lots going on, and also going on at 6. Their names are Boomer and Geo. They'll be with us here on The Fan. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, Radio Gaga, Radio Goo Goo, Radio, Radio Doo Doo, 524. <laughs> oh, boy. It's funny. So, all right, we got we did the uh, Knicks, we did the Nets, sort of. So they both win. Very good night. I tweeted last night at midnight because I actually got up and put the net game on for a while. And uh, I saw they were winning. I saw the Knicks won. I kind of knew they were winning because I watched the first half. And then, <laughs> yes. And then I saw Bitcoin at almost 50K. Well, no, I have breaking news. What's oh. that? Boomer is home. Oh, okay. All right, let me alert to television. Boomer is home. Yeah, I'll tell him out. And, All uh, right. And he'll be there the rest of the week, he said. Nice. Sounds good. Good Smart. Oh, right. Breaking news. I thought it was breaking news for the Knicks and Nets winning. Me too. I was like, wow, we got some breaking news. At, not a lot of news breaks at 524 in the morning. Well, it does when Boomer decides or needs to be home. So there you go. So, Jerry, tell me what is upsetting Draymond Green of the Warriors. He I was will, upset. I'll let him tell you. Oh, okay. So Even better. Here was, so yesterday around 11 a.m., I want to say, 10 o'clock in the morning, something like that, the Cavaliers announced that um, they no longer were going to play Andre Drummond because they plan on trading him prior to the deadline in March, the trade deadline in March. Now, in I don't, March? I, yeah, March 25th, I think it is. Now, I do not know if this was you know, uh, done together, if it was jointly done, or if they just made this decision. Like, for instance, in Detroit, I know Blake Griffin's representatives have been talking with the Pistons. They decided mutually to keep him out of the lineup so they could work out a trade to get him out of Detroit. So I, they don't want him to get hurt correct. before a trade. Got it. I don't know. And part of this is, you know, if a guy gets hurt, the salaries are so prohibitive, you can't just move a guy that's making a lot of money if he's hurt. So I, I do I do get it. So I don't know if Drummond wanted to play or not. So last night, the Cavaliers play the Warriors. The Warriors beat them up pretty good. So Green has asked a question about him playing with Steph Curry who had a big game, and Green had 16 assists, and he very politely answers the question and then pivots because he's got other things he wants to get to. I would like to talk about something that's really bothering me, and uh, it's the treatment of players in this league. To to watch Andre Drummond before the game uh, sit on the sideline, then go to the back, and then come out in street clothes – because a team is going to trade him, it's bullshit. So that was that one. And then the All other right. one that made headlines is the hypocrisy of what James Harden did or didn't do. When James Harden asked for a trade and essentially dogged it, I don't think there was no surprise or no, you know, there's no one's going to fight back that James was dogging it his last days in Houston. But he was castrated for one to go to a different team, and everybody destroyed that man. And so he went on. He spoke for four minutes, 
three and a half of it was about this. He just went on a rant and then basically said, thanks, see you tomorrow. And that was that. So he doesn't like that the owners, when they decide they want to trade somebody, they don't play them. But if a player decides he wants to be traded and he doesn't want to play or dogs it, Correct. then we yell, we get mad at the player. Correct. Where do you stand on this one, Jerry? Um, it's an interesting one because more times than not, I side with the owners. I really, I, I really do. I do believe that the owners, whether it's a store, whether it's a company, whether it's a basketball team, I believe the owners are the ones that take the enormous financial risk. They're the ones that employ hundreds, if not thousands, of people and give them jobs and benefits. And they're they're a reason why they're not, you know, on the unemployment line or doing something else. And so most of the time I do side with the with the owners. In a case like this, I don't care for the fact that they'll just pull a player out if a deal is not in place already. So to me it's different if Let's say I am I'm I'm Sean Marks and I'm the Nets and I'm talking to a team about a player. Let's say I want to move James Harden just for poops and giggles. And let's say the Pacers call me and we're engaged in a conversation and something could be close. I don't have an issue. I don't. If they say, "Listen, James Harden's probably getting traded tonight. Let's let his, you know, his representatives know he's not playing because if he gets hurt the deal's off and this will be better for him and us." That's one thing. But from what I read yesterday with the Andre Drummond thing and kind of like what your reaction was when you said March for the trade deadline, it's February 16th. Right. The notion that, and again, I don't know the ins and outs of what's going on in Cleveland, but if you tell me that they're not sure what they're doing with him, but they're going to start seeking a trade and he could sit for a month or two weeks, I don't. I, to me, that's not right. Agreed. I'm with you in lockstep on this one, Jerry. It's like we've seen this in baseball too, where they pull a guy during the game, but they don't sit him for a month before they trade him somewhere. Yeah, and there could be more to this. I'm sure people will tweet us. I did not read the Cleveland version of it, um, I but you know we do see it a lot, and so I'm kind of with Draymond Green, and I'm kind of not. This particular situation is a weird one to me. Right. So you're saying if we had a if we have something in place, it's imminent. Yeah. Like then it's me, understood. If it's not even, an imminent thing, then get out there and play. Well, and even the thing with with um, with Blake Griffin, that sounded like it was mutual, that the two sides spoke and agreed to it. That's fine. I have no issue with that. And I don't think Blake Griffin has an issue with that because he won't be there anymore. So to me, that's two sides working it out. The one he also got to, I'll give you, well, that's kind of long, but he also talked about the Anthony Davis situation, how Anthony Davis didn't want to be in New Orleans anymore and basically – was fined for not playing a couple of games, yet a team can just say, sit. But in that case, they are paying you. So while right. it might suck, you are getting paid. Yeah, and that's the other thing. Like, to the fans, the fans see the players getting, you know, $40 million a year or whatever the heck it is. Sure. They don't want to hear complaints. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, especially in a time when you've got so much unemployment like we've had over the last year. Now, I know the players are taking and have taken a lot of health risks to play. I get it. But... I mean, I've got friends that have been unemployed for over a year right now. I could show you a couple of text messages. Whenever something like this comes out, whether it's from football, especially with baseball, with you know what they want to do, what they don't want to do, and the money they make, my buddy will say, I've been able to find a job in a year and a half, and this guy who's making $17 million a year is complaining. Right. Yeah, I get it. I, I understand. That's where the money has had people lose you know, their touch of reality. There's no – it's just so different, and we can't relate to it. But that's also their life, not ours. Right. 
Jerry, let's pivot a little bit to a little bit of local baseball, a little Mets and Yankees action that uh, came about yesterday. Um, I'm going to throw some things at you here, and you tell me if these are uh, big deals or eh. This is a segment called Big Deals or Eh. (laughs) Okay. Mets sign outfielder Kevin Pillar. Well, it's not a big deal, and it's not a meh. Somewhere in the middle. It's in the middle because Kevin Pillar, now he's 30, I think he's 31 or 32, so he's not in his mid-20s anymore. But Kevin Pillar plays, at least when he was in Toronto, played a great center field. So it's a good deal. Not a great hitter, but a good center fielder. At 32, I'm not sure what he's got left. I really don't know. He's been, I think he was in two or three different cities last year. Yeah. In Colorado, San Francisco, somewhere else. So it's somewhere in the middle, I would say. So you would expect them to play how many games at center field for the New York Mets if there were a 162-game <sighs> Great season? Great question. I, you know what? I, is there going to be the DH in the National League? No. See, I think there might be. Um, no DH? I don't know, Al. I don't know how to answer that because how are you getting at-bats for everybody? If you've got Dom Smith, you got Michael Conforto, you got Brandon Nimmo, you add Kevin Pillar to the mix. I mean, right off the bat, you got four outfielders for three spots. So on that basis, I would say he plays 120 games. What if we did this like softball? We have four outfielders. <laughs> Who's the short fielder? <laughs> <laughs> then everyone gets in that bat as well. I do think there's going to be the DH, though, and I think Dominic Smith is going to play a lot of first base, and I think Pete Alonso is going to do a lot of DH. I do think that's going to happen. Okay, good. I hope that happens. Yeah. Uh, second Yankees-Mets related thing. Uh, the Yankees sign reliever Justin Wilson away from the Mets. Eh. That's an eh. eh. No okay. big deal. No, it's okay. I would say not a big deal, no. What's also weird is the Yankees have another reliever also named Justin Wilson in their minor league uh, system. Oh, is that true? Yeah, and when he saw how the about news. That? How about that? He had to um, you know, let his friends and family know. He, it wasn't him? It wasn't him. Well, did you see the one guy on the Mets? So he gets, the Mets got him in the, oh, which deal was it? Darn it. The Mets get this kid from... In the uh, Francisco Lindor situation? No, no. It was in the um, the Benintendi trade. They get a minor leaguer. Oh, right, leaguer, with the Boston thing. Yeah. And then... Or maybe they got him in the Lindor trade. Whatever. They got this minor leaguer, and a few weeks later, they trade him. And he no, was, I, I, I think it was the Benintendi deal, because I think the guy said he was a Met less than two weeks. Yeah, right. Exactly. And he found out as he was playing video games online, because all of a sudden, his phone started going crazy. And he looked at it and goes, what is happening? I was just traded there, or I was just with the Mets, and I'm already gone. And he's now with, yeah, it was, because now he's with the Red Sox. Yes. That's right. So, poor kid. Guy was a Met for like two weeks. He probably went out and bought all like Met, cool Met stuff for his walls. Probably got his family Mets jerseys. Maybe, but the cool thing for him is he's going to the Red Sox, and I believe he grew up in Fort Myers. He must have, because he was a guest on WEEI, and yes. why else would they have him on if he was not a local guy? Well, he's local in Fort from Fort Myers, where the Red Sox do spring training, I believe. Oh, Fort Myers, Florida. I think if not Fort Myers, wherever they wherever their spring training is, that's the city he's from. Hmm. So I thought that was actually kind of neat for him. How about that? How about that? Is that the segment? How about that segment? Uh, it's a different. Uh, yeah, I guess this could be. How about that? And then uh, let me add this last one, Jerry, for you in the baseball world. This is uh, what do we call it? Big, Big deal or? Eh. All right. Uh, the Yankees have added catcher Robinson Chirinos, who caught uh, Garrett Cole when he was with the Houston Astros. All right, I'm going to give you both here. I'm going to say big deal for mm-hmm. Garrett Cole, who is clearly comfortable throwing to him. Yes. But I'm going to say, meh. Yeah. Because it's not a huge trade. It's not a huge signing. Right. 
but it could be big for coal. Yeah, that's what I feel like. There was like a, a what felt like ba- local baseball news yesterday, but none of it seemed super exciting. Not it huge. was Kevin Pilar, who's past his prime. It was this Justin Wilson, who the, really the only big deal was that uh, the, he was with the Mets going with the Yankees. Yeah, I don't, and, think, I don't view that as a big mm. deal. Like I heard Craig yesterday saying, oh, the Yankees own the Mets again. No, Yeah, well, he was trying to make it a big deal. It's really not. I mean... He's stirring the pot over there in the afternoons. Which is fine. There's no, I, I saw him yesterday. That's fine. You can stir the pot. He was in early yesterday. Greg was here at 10.30. 10.30? 10.30. Yeah. Oh, man. He must be driving Tommy crazy. <laughs> he beat Tommy here. <laughs> oh, that's not good. <laughs> no. The host should never beat the producer in. That is true. And the board op. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. All right. Quick break. 25 in front of six. Boomer and Geo coming up at the top here on The Fan. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Al and Jerry, let's talk more rock. Hey, one quickie before we move on, just to wrap up this whole sitting, not sitting thing with the players, Al. Yes, sir. So just reading more in depth. So the Blake Griffin thing in Detroit, Griffin basically, it looks like, asked the Pistons to, you know, maybe look for him to go somewhere to win because they're clearly in rebuilding mode. So that looks like both sides absolutely were in agreement on that one. And even this one with the Cavaliers, so Kobe Altman, he was the uh, one of the coaches at Columbia. So I know him from back in the day when I was doing those games. Uh, he was quoted as saying, in terms of the Andre Drummond thing, because they are also sort of rebuilding and they're going with Jared Allen now. And by the way, Andre Drummond's 27. He's not uh, 37. They say the idea of not playing him is to not basically not embarrass him by limiting his minutes. And so they also spoke to his representatives who seem okay with it. So I don't know. Draymond Green went off, and I don't know if he's got uh, all the Well, it seems like I'm they talked sure. prior to tip-off. Right. So then which side of the story do you believe? That's the question. Well, it seems like uh, Draymond Green seems like he communicated before the game that, and that, it, that uh, Drummond wasn't happy. Right. The question is, though, what did Drummond's representatives say to the team? That's what I mean. Whenever I hear uh, Andre Drummond, I think I think of Drummond. Yeah, I think of different strokes immediately. (laughs) Yes, this is not Willis and uh, Arnold, was it? Arnold and Willis. Yep. And what was the sister's name? Kimberly. That's right. And she's passed away, right? Yeah. Yes. Uh, Arnold has passed away as well, I believe. Yes, and Todd Bridges is still. He's still with us. Yes. Uh, Jerry, here's some sad and odd news from the NFL. Ex-NFL wide receiver Vincent Jackson was found dead in a hotel room in Brandon, Florida. Uh, He was only 38 years old, and his family had reported him missing, although they say he was living in this hotel. Yeah, horrible. Anybody who's living in a hotel, that's a bad, that's generally a bad, bad things are going down in life. I would think so, yes. Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know know his story at all. Yeah, uh, me neither. And they they said there was no signs of foul play, but I don't know how you could say that when somebody passes away at 38 years old. Yeah, no doubt. He made a lot of money, too. He did? Yeah, Vincent Jackson made. uh, Was he Chargers, Buccaneers? Yeah, 
Let's see here. He made, in 12 seasons, he made $70 million. Wow. That is really sad. And Eddie's telling me Walter Payton, man of the year, what would you say, four times? Four-time nominee. Wow. So good what dude. What in the world is going on? I don't know. That's, I mean, just really sad. That's a lot of money to be living in a hotel. Yes. Which tells you something clearly doesn't add up. Something, yes, yeah, something. We'll get some more information uh, about that. I, I would imagine a little bit uh, later on yeah. today. And that was it. Bucks and Chargers. That's it. Bucks, those two teams. All right. Yeah. Uh, Adam Adam Pacman Jones was at it again. Jerry, a brouhaha in a bar. Yes. Now, according to him, so uh, you know, obviously yesterday we find out he gets arrested, and this was again. This is like ten thirty in the morning again. This came out. And the first thing is, you know, he's arrested for misdemeanor assault for knocking a guy unconscious. I'm like, oh, my Secu- God. Security guard. It, was, it turns out it was a bouncer. Oh, bouncer. He went on the, Mac- the Pat McAfee show, so I got to go find it at some point this morning. And his side of the story is he went up to request a song at the bar, turns around, and the bouncer is basically, you know, having his way with his younger brother. And so he went and defended his brother and said, quote, I did what I had to do. I was reading the TMZ story, and uh, with uh, they have video of the incident, and they their claim is that uh, that Pac-Man Jones had left the bar, uh, tried to come back in at a later time, and they, they wouldn't let him back in, and that's when the brouhaha occurred. Well, that sounds a little different than what I just said. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I don't know what's going on. I don't either, because Jones was, was quoted as saying, you know, when you see the video, you'll see what I'm talking about. You're telling me something completely different. Anytime someone has a history of this, I tend to blame the person with the history of this. Yeah, well, of of course. I mean, because I like what TMZ, well, I don't like, but it's funny what TMZ will do when someone has an issue. They will then post all their previous issues. Yeah. Here's a link to all the previous Pac-Man Jones bar brouhaha. Oh, my God. And I forgot about the one. They have the the one story of him trying to cheat in the casino. Oh, yes. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> Who does that? He must be a fun fella to hang out with. Oh, my God. There's 9,000 cameras in a casino. Who would yeah. even dare try? You ever try and take your phone out at no, a blackjack cause, table? No, because I've known, I've heard that uh, oh, they'll they go nuts. swooping down on you. Yes, very quickly, too. Imagine trying to cheat. Oh, my gosh. Here's a selfie of me playing roulette. <laughs> <laughs> Security tackling me, thinking I'm trying to film it so I could go back and analyze the tape. probably be kicked out. Yeah, probably. Your phone stomped. Oh my god! Yeah, so I'm with you. Usually, when you see something with him attached to it, you yeah, tend to think it's him. It's generally his issue, which is a shame because if there's a time when it's not him, you don't get the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. Too many involved in too many things, where it was your fault, right? Uh, Jerry, uh, Steelers quarterback Mason Rudolph and tennis star Jeannie Bouchard are Instagram official. I don't know mean? if you know what that means, but they've come out on person. Instagram as a couple. When you post an Instagram photo as a couple for the first time, that's called. This, but now it's Instagram official. We, we, we heard rumors that they were dating, but now they're a couple. All right, well. It's weird. The photo that I saw posted, he looks like a man and she looks like uh, 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 too young for him. Then I could do a little Googling. She's a year older than him. She's, what was she? She's got to be 26, 27? 26. Yeah. He's only 25. Mason Rudolph's only 25? Yeah. Wow. Well, you know what? Good for you. Good for her. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Jeannie Bouchard, good for you. you got hey, Mason a Rudolph. man. <laughs> hey, Mason Rudolph, good for you. So she's all, yeah, how about that? But she looked so much younger than him in this photo. I got to see Maybe Probably because he's a massive football player, Jerry's. Massive shoulders and 
No, she's got Chest a very muscles. she's got a very youthful face. Yeah, she does. I could see I could see why you think that. I'm looking at the yeah. photo now. I mean, okay. At first, I was like, "Look at this creeper." Let me check out her age. And I was like, "Oh yeah, she's a year older than him." Yeah, you're right. Looking at the well, Whoops. you know what though? He's got a really young face too. The problem is he's a giant. Well, they're gonna have a nice young face baby together if they decide to go that route. Is that Instagram official too? Yeah. Oh, if you have a baby bump. <laughs> Hell yeah, a baby bump. <laughs> The Arizona Cardinals, Jerry, have uh, created a new position. I feel like I could do this based solely on the title. But then once I dug a little bit deeper, maybe I can't do this. Here's the title. The Arizona Cardinals have hired Kelly Jones for a newly created position called Chief People Officer. What do they do? You don't want to be in charge of anybody. Why would you want to be a Chief People Officer? Because that that, that would look awesome on a a a business card. And what do you do here with the Cardinals? I'm the chief people officer. There's the COO, chief operating officer, the CEO, chief executive, executive operator, right? officer, officer, and I'm the What about the C- CFO? CFO. Is that chief the financial, financial officer? I'm the CPO, chief people officer. Now, this person, uh, Kelly Jones, will lead all programs and initiatives involving workplace diversity, equity, and inclusion. You could do that. Uh, that sounds like a lot of work. It is a lot of work, but you could do it. Just call myself a chief people officer and I just kind of be around and hang around the people. That would be... <laughs> That's not how it works, dude. <laughs> that would be seems more like my speed of a position. But you really do want to be paid a lot to do little. Yeah, and I want a cool title. And, and a cool title to go with it. I think it'd be really cool to work at a pro sports team. I agree. I completely agree with you. Like John like, Schmilk, I always bring him up. Yes. Because I love, when you get into this business, one of the things that's very difficult is, especially if you have kids and you're, you know, you're running around and you're busy, is trying to keep up with, with everything. You work for a team, that team is your focus. And I think that's really cool. And so he, John Schmilk, uh, runs, I guess, he, I guess he runs the broadcast operations over there for the Giants now after, God, he's been there 10, 11 years, maybe longer. And he works, you know, on the pregame show, the postgame show. He's got a lot to do with the in-game stuff. And they do podcasts over yeah, there. They do online uh, streaming shows. They write. So it's pretty. By the way, oh, speaking of that, oh, you know oh, what oh. I heard last night? What that? Lickenstein asking a question to Steve Nash in the postgame Nets press conference. Who's Lickenstein? He works for us. What does he do? He writes. Oh, he's a oh uh, one of the writers from um, WFANradio.com. Yes, how about that? Was it a controversial question? No, no, it was a. It was a. I'll try and find it. It was a good question. It was nice to actually hear somebody from WFAN pop on the on the post game press. That's conference. nice. Yes, it was. If you're going to work for a local team, though, Jerry, football would be the one to do it because the baseball season's way too long. Basketball's got a lot of games. Like if you work for Jets or Giants, you just have to. Mm, you're around there too, though, Al. It's. I know it's only a twenty game season with the preseason, yeah. but they're there. I mean, plus they're both in New Jersey. I wouldn't have to travel. That's true too. That's true too. I so. always imagine like when we go to the Jets camp, you know, the Giants do not let us into their building. They uh, keep us outside. Yes, we're not allowed to go in actual shelter. Correct. We have to use a porta potty. Yes. They're very strict. They don't want us radio types roaming around. The right. Jets let us roam around the building. Well, very no, nice. they don't let us roam around the building. They let us go in and eat. They let us go in and eat to use the facilities. Right. But, but it's I, not like we can go to the gym. 
Right, but I picture myself working there and going into the cafeteria no. to get a coffee and a bowl of cereal, and then all of a sudden, like, Sam Darnold is there, and well, I'm Sam like, hey, Darnold, Sam. We got to wait. We got to take a break. Hey, Finish Sam, this how's it on going? on the other side with your conversation with Sam Darnold, if he's still the Jets quarterback next season. Quick break, and then we'll finish, and then Boomer and Geo, Radio.com Sports Minute, Amy Lawrence on a star linebacker. It's the dynamic duo of Al and Jerry. The superheroes of WFAN. All right, winner, winner, Tuesday morning. Nets win big in Sacramento. Knicks win big as well at home. Julius Randle's the MVP. Blah, 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 blah. What else you got, Al? I was just saying, Jerry, before the break, it would be cool to work at the Jets, and I'm just imagining me getting a coffee and some cereal, and then, like, Makai Becton comes in, and I fist bump him. I'll be like, And he knocks you through the wall with the fist bump? (laughs) Like, what's for breakfast, big man? (laughs) Hey, get this scrawny dork out of my way. (laughs) It would just be fun to run into like Jets players in the bathroom when I'm uh, at the copy machine making copies. I don't think the Jet players are going to be at the copy machine. Could be wrong about that. (laughs) You might be making copies for them and then bringing them the copies. Here are your copies, Mr. Becton, that you requested. I like copy machine. What is this, 1983? Like, That's who right, uses Jerry? a copy machine the old, Oh, they're used. To trust me, there's no, a co- copy used. repairmans. are still very popular you in the scan office. scan and print off your phone now. Did you see a couple dudes snuck into um, Fenway. Fenway Park? I did. In the snow? Start your morning at 5 a.m. with Alan Jerry in the warm-up show.